At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Howdy, everyone. If you enjoy the show, join our free Discord. Link in the description and chat with the cast. Please leave a review and consider joining our Patreon for behind-the-scenes content and more. Tears start at a dollar, and even that helps us out. To stay up to date with episode releases and more, follow us on Twitter at Riffway Podcast. Good evening, Rifters! This is Rifts and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast where we go through the many 5e books and talk about various rules to enhance your gameplay experience. I'm Remy, Dungeon Master and a player on the Riftwake podcast. I'm Mitch, a player on Riftwake, and I forgot I was muted. <laughs> and today's topic is... Fizbin's Treasury of Dragons, Draconic Gifts. So continuing to talk about the newest book released from Wizards of the Coast this week, Draconic Gifts are a new thing just introduced in this book that has a lot of interesting potential that caught my fascination. So (laughs) uh, actually, quick tangent just because I saw something funny. Uh, One detail that I do also like in the book that I forgot to mention in Tuesday's episode, uh, there are just like the typical commentary quotes that so many of these books have, like Tasha's and Xanathar's, uh, in this case from Fisben. But this is just kind of funny. You know the proverb, don't look a draconic gift in the mouth. Some say it's because of the breath weapon, but really it's the smell. It's just silly, and I do just appreciate some of the details that they put in this book. Uh, Anyway, uh, this one is going to be also a bit spoilery, because it is going to talk about some of the lore aspects that they did also uh, introduce in this book. So, with that said, let's talk about some draconic gifts. Uh, So something that uh, does get talked about earlier in the book is the idea that uh, when a dragon dies, that their power might actually take root in a character. 
and that that could be like the dragon's chosen heir or the dragon's killer and that there are quite a lot of things that can be done just when a dragon dies there is a lot of power in that uh anyway sometimes a draconic gift has an obvious visual manis- manifestation such as when a character is transformed into a dragonborn uh, other gifts are invisible but no less potent uh on some worlds it's accompanied by a physical manifestation uh, might be small, easily hidden, might be obvious, yada, yada, yada. Uh, one or both of the characters' eyes could change color to represent the dragon's eyes or scales. The character's hair or a streak of it might change color to match the dragon's scales. A mark, like a stylized dragon eye or claw, could appear on the body. And a patch of scales could appear on the character's body, typically on the neck, shoulders, or forearm. I really like this this idea, like the idea that like if someone does kill a dragon, that it might just give them like the eyes of that dragon as like this person is like visually like known to be a dragon slayer because of the fact that they do have like their eyes or hair or whatever change. That's pretty fucking cool. Uh, anyway, draconic gift descriptions. Uh, The draconic gifts detailed in this section have rarities like magic items. The rarity of a draconic gift corresponds roughly to the age category of the dragon that that bestowed it. You can use a more common draconic gift for an older dragon, but exercise caution going in the other direction. Very rare and legendary draconic gifts can unbalance the game if they're given to low-level characters. Alright. Uncommon, Draconic Familiar. Gain the aid of a Draconic Familiar, which might be the splinter of the consciousness of a dragon that invested you with power. You can cast the Find Familiar spell as a ritual without using any material component. When you cast the spell in this way, your Familiar always takes the form of a pseudo-dragon. Also, when you take the attack action on your turn, you can forego one of your own attacks to allow your pseudo-dragon familiar to make one of its own with its reaction. That is something that I feel might be very underappreciated, but is really goddamn cool. First things first, just having a pseudo-dragon is cool because they're adorable. But the fact that you're able to get the pseudo-dragon familiar without using a material component so that's normally one of the more annoying things with the Find Familiar spell is the fact that it does normally consume uh, 10 gold worth of components, but to just not need to do that? Nice. Also, the fact that unlike the normal Familiar, this does specify that you can forego an attack to allow the Familiar to do so. And that's also one of the things that does irk me about Familiars is the lack of ability to do that normally. Nice. All right. Also on the uncommons, Draconic Rebirth. You become a dragonborn. You replace the racial traits of your original race with the traits of a chromatic gem or metallic dragonborn. Uh, The kind of dragonborn you become matches the family of the dragon that is the source of this gift. You can keep any skill proficiencies you gain from your previous race, or you gain proficiency into skills of your choice. 
That's really goddamn cool. I really like that. The idea that like a dragon can bestow power on someone to turn them into a dragonborn or that there is a chance that if you kill a dragon, like that draconic power might just mutate you into a dragonborn. That's interesting and I like it. You know what that makes me think of? uh, Very first character I ever played. Mm -hmm. I had a homebrew class. It it was a barbarian. Homebrew class was called uh, Pass of the Dragon Shaman. And it slowly turned you into a dragonborn. Like by like level 17, you had wings and shit. It was awesome. (laughs) Nice. So let's see. uh, Last one here for the uncommons. Tongue of the Dragon. You can speak, read, and write Draconic. As a bonus action, you can make your voice audible up to 300 feet away for a minute. And you have advantage on persuasion checks. Holy shit. I might argue that that's actually a little overpowered for an uncommon gift advantage on all persuasion checks not like it'd be one thing if it was like advantage on persuasion checks against you know creatures of the dragon type but no just permanent all the time advantage on persuasion damn that's a good one i have a feeling that's going to be one that is asked for a lot but we'll see how that actually goes all right so now moving up to the rare ones draconic senses Blind sight to a range of 10 feet, which lets you see anything that's not behind total cover, including invisible creatures that are not hidden from you. Uh, you also gain advantage on perception checks with a dragon's keen senses. So again, for this one, for perception checks, it's a rare gift. But for some reason, persuasion, only an uncommon? That's a bit odd, but all right, so be it. Uh, actually, that's the only rare one. Weird. Alright, anyway, so moving right up to very rare, then. Echo of Dragon Sight. Okay, so this is something I haven't talked about at this point, because it's weird and I don't much care for it. This is one of the few things that I don't like in this book. Uh, they talk a lot about the, about Dragon Sight. Uh, have you ever seen the movie The One with Jet Li? Yes, actually. I think I saw that in theaters. Basically, they've made that, apparently, the new canon for dragons. Is that dragons apparently are able to see their echoes in other universes, and potentially are able to consume the other thems in order to grow in power. That's silly but fine that is not something that i'm going to be incorporating for my own world but your mileage may vary uh anyway so this uh draconic gift though echo of dragon sight uh, you've begun to extend your awareness beyond the single world of the material plane that is your home you can cast contact other plane as a ritual the entity you contact is a dragon on another world in the material plane so its knowledge of your world might be limited Also, this dragon is an echo of the dragon who is the source of the gift, 
which might affect its attitude and behavior toward you. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. So contact other plane as a ritual. So that can be handy in order to get other information, but the fact that it's an a creature on another material plane. So like Greyhawk and Toril and Eberron, like all the worlds of D&D are considered to be just parallel material plane. So all of those are still the material plane. So this is basically saying like, yeah, you might be, you know, playing in a Forgotten Realms game and then like you cast this version of Contact Other Plane and you end up talking to someone in Eberron. Like that's that's strange to me. Like that one like I can see the use of that if you are trying to really make a and d multiverse for your game, but that just feels complicated to me. Anyway, uh, next on the list, though, Frightful Presence. As a bonus action, you can manifest your Frightful Presence. Each creature of your choice within 120 feet of you, and aware of you, has to make a Wisdom save, uh, or become frightened of you for one minute. Uh, can repeat the saving throw at the end of each turn, uh, ending the effect on itself on a success. Can use the ability a number of times equal to your proficiency bonus, and then uh, need a long rest. So, Frightened Creature just has disadvantage on ability checks and attack rolls while the source of the fear is within line of sight, and can't willingly move closer to the source of that fear. So, proficiency bonus number of times per day, you can try to scare everyone within 120 feet of you, or sorry, every enemy, because again, it's each creature of your choice. So, a 240-foot diameter, because it's every creature within 120 feet of you, so 240-foot diameter, Wisdom save or become frightened of you. Proficiency bonus number of times per day as a bonus action. 
that could be a goddamn game changer in terms of strategy. Like you could be facing a large number of creatures. You could be facing medium creatures. You could be facing a single boss. And that's still a very powerful potential ability. <sighs> All right. Next, psionic reach. So the psionic energy of a gem dragon empowers your mind. You gain resistance to psychic damage. In addition, you learn the telekinesis spell. You can cast the spell without expending a spell slot. Once you cast the spell in this way, you can't do so again until you finish a long rest. Can also cast the spell using spell slots you have of the appropriate level. Uh, spell casting ability is intelligence, wisdom, or charisma. When you cast with this gift, uh, choose to gain the gift. So it's pretty neat. Telekinesis is a very good spell, but resistance to psychic damage telekinesis and just getting added to your spell list and cast once a day i don't know that i would call that very rare or i guess i might just have that be on the lower end more to the 5000 than 50000 side of things all right anyway uh now finally moving on to the legendary gift here which is scaled toughness your skin toughens making you resistant to certain types of physical harm you gain resistance to piercing and slashing damage. Uh, do you notice two things of interest with that one? Not gonna lie, I kind of start checking out. Mitch. <sighs> so, you gain resistance to piercing and slashing damage. Yeah. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So first things first, uh, bludgeoning is excluded, which I guess makes sense considering how armor and scales works. But what is particular interest is that most resistances that creatures tend to have is that your resistance to non-magical or uh, your resistance to uh, attacks that deal uh, non-magical bludgeoning, piercing, or slashing damage. This is full-on just all piercing and slashing. It doesn't matter if it's magical damage or not. You simply are resistant to all piercing and slashing damage. So yeah, that's a pretty damn good gift. At the same time, though, for legendary, that's a lot. All right. However, that covers all of the written uh, additional gift options. There is, however, a sidebar that is quite interesting with that. Feats as a draconic gift. If your campaign uses the optional feat rules, your DM might give you a feat as a variant draconic gift. You gain one feat of your or the DM's choice, which is related in some way to the draconic power you have acquired. And then they give a pretty long list of examples. Uh, I'll just read a couple here. A uh, dragon's blood has made you hearty and resilient. And then you might give them the durable, resilient, or tough feat. Ba, ba, ba. <laughs> the dragon's gift lingers in the form of good luck. Lucky feat. So I really, really like this idea. So I've talked about my dislike of training rules in 5th edition before. So this creates a new opportunity for some way for characters to gain feats 
just out of the normal leveling progression. So can you tell me what some of the pros and potentially cons of that could be? Uh, no. Uh, hey, in my defense, I'm still sick. Yeah, you know what? Fair enough. I will only minorly give you brief. But anyway, there are going to be times where some, like, you just roll bad for your stats, and so you really want to just, you know, shore up your character's abilities and the numbers and want to have ability score improvements. So you get to, you know, level 4, 8, etc. And, like, you might really feel a need to use an ability score improvement. But at the same time, there might be feats that are thematically appropriate to the character that you want to play, or with an ability that you really want the character to have. So by having some other method of gaining a feat, it's just good is something that dms can now just make use of okay so there's the potential of having a dragon patron which would be fucking cool imagine if instead of it just being you know some you know dwarf or human who's sending you off on missions that you're just doing work for a dragon that would just be cool and the fact that instead of needing to worry as much about like the treasure and magic item side of things that it could very well be that you can get a feat as a reward for services rendered because of just the just magnificent power that a dragon possesses. And like the fact that it could even potentially turn you into a dragonborn. But it's just cool. And the ability to just use feats as a way to just customize the character that you're playing just to be the character that you want them to be just having anything in the game as canon now that does create a potential option for just building up the character and yes that is very much a min max perspective of things but i am a creature of logic so i do tend to drift in that direction myself but to to look at things another way, there are quite a number of feats that just aren't like an optimum choice. So there are lots of feats that are fun, but aren't optimal, so aren't something that you're gonna like have an opportunity to give to your character. So by having a feat potentially given out as a gift could be a fantastic way to just allow other things to be just given to characters to just build them up that way to allow just a demonstration of a powerful creature in your world like if you have a draconic patron then okay like is it just that you know they're lazy and are sending mortal adventurers off to do things for them is it just that they're actively taking care of the hard stuff and just leaving the little stuff to you. Like, there's interesting story to be told with that. There's handy mechanics available as well. So, regardless of 
exactly whether you want to use just rules as written, whether you want to incorporate the addition of feats that the dragons can give out as well, but also the fact that this is something that might happen when a dragon dies. So it might well be that, okay, if you do manage to successfully kill an adult or ancient dragon, that like maybe the result of that is that you like reward the player, you know, the character who got the killing blow is bathed in the blood of the dying dragon and now, you know, has the tough feet and just is, you know, magically durable. Like, that's fucking cool. And like it's the kind of thing that I think can help encourage characters and players alike just to incorporate more dragon targets in hope of something like this happening to them and it just creates so much potential for storytelling for character building that i really do suggest making use of draconic gifts in your fifth edition DD game Thanks for listening to this episode of Riffs and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash riftwakepodcast. Tiers start as low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to a monthly hangout where you'll be able to chat with the cast, and even input on Riffs and Rules topics. Find us on social media on Twitter at riftwakepodcast, on Facebook as riftwake, and you can send us an email riffsandrules at gmail.com. That's riffs, A-N-D, rules at gmail.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.